couple weeks ago, I preached a message called The Secret to Success. And I'm going to pick up there and turn with me to Matthew, the sixth chapter. And we did say this, success in our day and age is having money. But from God's standpoint, that would only be a piece of the pie, not the pie. And if somebody measures success based on money, then we would think, well, the most successful people in the world are people who have lots of money. So we can look at some of the richest people in the world, and they're very godless. But that doesn't mean that money is bad. It means the person is. You with me? I've never said, ooh, that's a bad $20 bill. Give me that one. That's a good one. Other than if you want one more smooth or cleaner or something like that. But money is neither good nor bad. It's a tool. It's just how you use it. And so we talked about the secret of success and that Jesus, and not just Jesus, the Bible gives Christians the secret to succeed in life and what to do to make your life better, so to speak. And so here in Matthew 6.34 may seem like a real interesting verse uh, concerning succeeding, but there is a real thought here that Jesus was trying to get across to the, his disciples and to those who were listening to him. It says, Matthew 6.34, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Well, that, that's good. You know, like we say, well, then what am I supposed to do? For tomorrow will worry about its own things. In other words, you're going to have to deal with it then. He said, this phrase right here just stood out. Sufficient for the day, or you could say today, is its own trouble. Sufficient is the trouble you will face today. Now, I wish I could tell you, you will never, ever, as a Christian, face trouble. And here's the thing. You could be doing everything right and face trouble just because the world you're in. I mean, just go to the parking lot of Costco and drive a little slow and you'll face persecution, right? <laughs> Just go, I'm not sure if I'm going to turn this parking lot or space or not. And at this time of the year, I saw our bumper stickers around there the other day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's true. You can go to places like that. And, um, you know, there are people who have already come with a bad attitude, and, and you're all, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for this one. You just don't want to pull right in to that spot. You want to thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was believing for this. And they're all, Ugh. are you going to take it or not? You're going to face stuff, right? You go to relatives, and sometimes that's not always the best thing. But sometimes you have great relatives, and it works out good. But he said, sufficient for the day, meaning today, is its own trouble. In other words, you're going to face stuff. But he basically was saying this. 
don't stack future trouble on you, yourself, today, what hasn't come yet in the future. And a lot of people do that. And then they wonder why they're so weighted down and their minds are just frazzled because they have not taken what it... And he's not just literally saying trouble today, but a present trouble. And then troubles that haven't even come and things that haven't even come into being. He's saying, don't take those things and then heap them on yourself too. So if Jesus taught this back then, guarantee it's true today too, that people then would tend to not just deal with present problems, they would take problems that do not exist, situations that do not exist, and start heaping them on themselves. And you know, you can't, you're not made as a human being. God didn't make us originally with components to worry. He didn't. He didn't make Adam and Eve in the garden in the beginning to, to, to worry. It would tear them up. That's why he tells us, take and cast your worries on the Lord. And don't worry about certain things because it robs you of peace. But here he's teaching a total different thing. He's not saying avoid situations that you face. He's just saying don't start stacking more and more things upon yourself. You have to be careful what you entertain. And there's a reason for this. You said, you say, well, what do you mean? Well, what are we talking about? The secret to success. And Jesus said, don't stack future things on yourself. Now, this may not make sense to some people, but the minute I start teaching you'll recognize why he said, don't do this in this context. Meaning, we're reading verse 34. Somebody said, yeah, it's the last verse of the chapter. Therefore, we're done. And so what does it say? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow or things ahead that haven't come. For tomorrow or things that are to come will worry or deal with their own. I mean, that whatever it is will come. He said sufficient for the day or the present situation is its own trouble. Don't stack things on yourself. And there is a reason for it. When you stack future problems that really are not existing, but you're anticipating things to get worse, you're going to start expecting things to get worse. You're going to start expecting, well, it's been like this, and then you're going to start thinking it's going to get like this. You're going to start to expect more bad in the future. You with me? Because if you, if you carry worry, you know where you carry it? In your mind. And it's how you start seeing and there is a huge reason why he put this here. Huge. That, that means big. Really big reason. He said, don't do this. Want to know why? 
because he said don't do it. That should be good enough. But actually, he said this right in the middle of how to succeed in life. How to get your future different. So in the context of how to get your future different and your life going a different way, he basically said, quit anticipating troubles that haven't come, problems that haven't come. Don't anticipate staying the same. That's what he was saying, because go back to the verses before. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If you start doing that, then what would happen to your future? Stuff would start coming to you. So why would you think I need to worry about the future, things that haven't come, because I'm changing my future by seeking him first? By putting him first. Things are going to change in the future. So why stack these bad expectations, which is worry, upon myself of things that, that are out there that haven't come yet. When he just told me what to do to change the future. Thank you for your excitement. So he said, if you believe what I'm teaching, don't stack all these thoughts about things that haven't come and problems that are going to be out ahead. Because he said, listen, you do this, the ahead will change. But remember this, the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. These were letters and, that were sent to people or written. And, and I never, now maybe you have, written a letter in chapter and verse, you know, with an index. Anybody ever done that? You know, kids, you know, when they're in junior high or high school, they write a love letter. It's all table of content, introduction, you know, references, you know, the, you know, somebody did it, you know, how somebody else proofs it and does their little thing. And then chapter one. Now, that's not how you write. That's not how they wrote. It was written as a letter. Chapter and verse actually was put in there so I could say, hey guys, turn here. And for people who weren't, didn't know, you could find it real easy. You with me? And so this very next verse, after he said, don't worry, he said, sufficient for today is the situation you're in. Don't stack bad thinking about the future because he just got done telling you how to change the future. But he's going to go on to tell you how to sow so you can reap different in the future. Notice verse 1 of the seventh chapter. Judge not and you will not be judged. For with what judgment you judge you will be judged. And with the measure you use, or the, even the amount of judgment, or the amount of mercy you give, it will be measured back to you. Notice this. These are those same type of verses that I read when I taught 
number one here, where it, whatever you sow, you'll reap. You want mercy, you want kindness, you want all these different things in your life. If you want a different future, if you want success in the future, what are you doing right now? You know, I said this, if you're at a place and somebody's going to get a promotion, have you ever thought, you know, I'm for them getting ahead? But some people are like, well, I don't want to say anything good about them because if I say something good about them, I'm going to get robbed myself. No, you won't because you're depending on man to do something, but God can make his grace abound toward you and cause things to happen. So we shouldn't be afraid and we should not as believers be the one to pull somebody else down, but we should be the one willing to lift somebody up. And so he said, whatever you sow, if you give mercy, I mean, I've watched people do this. They won't give credit where credit's due because they may get the position I want. But when you do what's right and say what's right, it doesn't rob you. It doesn't rob you. You know, you got a business and you can say, yeah, that person's good at this. Well, that's what I do too. But I would probably be more endeared to somebody who told me the truth. Yeah, that person is good over there. Then, oh no, they're bad. Oh, they're all, I'm the one. You with me? And so sowing seeds, remember this? We said before, and we looked at this, sowing seeds is every area of your life. How I treat people what I do, how merciful I am, how kind am I? Because those are seeds that will cause me to reap something. And so when Jesus said here in verse 34, don't stack future worries that do not exist or future troubles, don't start taking those to yourself. The reason is, is you can have a different harvest than things that haven't been happening your way today. And we said this before, you actually control your own harvest. The Bible said, whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. You know, some people look at that and go, oh, great. No, that's goody. Because then that means I can sow what I want to reap. It means That means I actually have control personally over where my life will go, whether I like it or not. When other people are talking about other people at work, I don't have to join in their reindeer games, <laughs> right? But some people do and don't realize those are seeds, And we just don't need to be like that because people will trust you when you don't talk about people. Because then they'll be like, well, they don't talk about people. I could tell them something. Hey, guys, come together. Let me tell you what somebody told me. Anybody else want to tell me a secret? Maybe not. Oh, I got a good one. You know what somebody told me? Well, that would not be good. 
people notice that things, but beyond what people notice, it's a spiritual principle. Jesus laid this out, and he told us where we read before in Luke, the last time we shared, he talked about putting God first. Putting God first in your life is sowing. Making God and his things a priority is sowing. It's planting. It's actually preparing you for what your future will be. I've watched people over the years who were doing good and doing great stop putting God first and their life went boom and it followed. It's not always the easiest thing, but it always pays off the right way. And God would not give you these instructions of how to succeed and how to get a harvest if he didn't want you to have it in the first place. Would he? I mean, I would think not. And he tells us different things. He tells us to serve. Don't go grow weary while doing good. But he tells us not to grow weary in serving. We need to serve. We need to purposefully serve. What some people think is, well, you want me to serve because you don't want to be in there with those kids. No. Or you don't want, you know, you want me to do this for this. No. What I want most is you to obey God. It will bring fulfillment to you, but it will do something inwardly to you with your relationship with God too. I mean, there is a huge dynamic of where your heart goes based on where you make investments, whether it's kind words, whether it's deeds serving, whether it's praying, witnessing, whatever it is, closing your mouth when you want to open it. You with me? Nobody's ever fallen into that trap, opening your mouth when you shouldn't have, right? But those are words that head off. And so it's good to draw those back. You with me? Meaning you can't get them back, but you can change and say something else. But serving is huge. Being merciful was one of the things before. This time when the writer wrote this, Matthew, compared to when Luke wrote it, he just said, judge not. Over there, he went into greater detail in the things you are to sow. Besides being merciful, besides being kind, being a giver, he said, in every area over there. You know, and some people think, well, it's just about money. No, it's far beyond money, but money is just a part. Meaning it's, am I kind? Am I faithful? You know, just being faithful, what people don't realize about being faithful to God and to his direction is, I'm putting seeds where God wants me to put them. You know, one thing about kids that I've seen over the years and is that kids know it all many times, right? I No, I could do it. No. And you're like, all right, go ahead. And they're like, no, oh, no, don't do that. No, 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 don't tell me. And it gets all messed up. But what were you trying to do? Were you trying to make a laughing stock out of them? Or no, you were trying to teach them 
how to do something properly so they can repeat doing that again and again on their own. How many times have we wanted to help? And a kid said, no, 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 I know how to do that. And God has tried to do the same thing with us. And we're like, no, 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 I know how to do it. But what is he doing? The Bible said he corrects us or directs us for your own good so that you could reap. So he, when he's dealing, you know, it, it's amazing to me that sometimes we struggle with obeying God. Anybody ever struggled? And he's God. And when he's asking you to do something, it's actually planting. It could be forgiving. It could be being faithful in this area. It's planting. And if he's got you doing this over here and you're faithful, guess what? You ever heard people say this? I just don't have time to do that. Then if I don't have time to do that thing God's dealing with me about, that means I'm planting somewhere that uh, I shouldn't. And I'm not going to want that harvest. But I do want God's harvest. So if he's dealing with me, he does it for our own good. And so if he says, forgive, I need to plant that. Yeah, but you don't know what people did to me. And, and if they, no, no, wait a minute. Who cares? Now, there are some horrific things that have happened to people. But sometimes when somebody's just not that kind to you, it's just good not to plant the wrong thing. And to follow these things about being merciful and being kind. Why? Because the Bible said this, in, or Peter did in the book of Peter, and he lived with Jesus. He said, he who would love life and see good days, let him hold back from saying certain things and doing certain things. And then it said, let him turn around and do good. There are certain things we need to recognize we have control and it talks about that you might inherit. Peter went on to say, if you would do this, he said, you would inherit a blessing. So that means I have control. Though many times people say God's in control and, you know, you just whatever and he just loves you and you'll be blessed. You actually already are blessed. Your ground is blessed. But because your ground's blessed, meaning if I've heard of, you know, where there's gas stations, you know, and they, they pull out the tanks and stuff. They don't want you to plant. They don't, sometimes those lands lay vacant because they don't want you to do anything because the land is all jacked up. Well, that's not where you want to put a house and raise kids and put a garden in. Well, that's the strangest looking squash, tomato. Yeah, they taste funny too. Why does your kid have three heads and 12 arms? Don't know, but these are great carrots. Try one. No, there's something wrong with the soil. What you need to recognize, your life is blessed. Therefore, just put the right seeds in the ground because the blessing of God is on you and it will start to flourish. And so when he said, be giving, be kind, be patient, 
Somebody said, well, it's hard. You know why it's hard? We've practiced the other. If you talk to some people, patience is not as hard as it is for others. You know why? Because some people don't practice it. Well, I've asked the Lord to give it to me. Oh, he'll give it to you, all right. No. You need to give it to somebody because for you to give patience is actually a spiritual exercise. If everybody lives on eggshells around you, there's something wrong with you. Not with them. Somebody's like, I feel like I'm standing on eggshells right now. But if everybody's like, they're about to blow, they're about to blow. There's something wrong there. Sit here and let you think about that. There's something wrong with that. What does that do for kids? What does that do for adults? What does that do for others around us if that's how we are? Could you imagine if that's how Jesus was and people were around him? He's about to blow. You wouldn't want to be around him when he blew. This is going over real well. But it's helpful to recognize I have control. It's not because you're Irish. It could just be because you were raised that way and you learned. The Bible said, be careful not to hang around with an angry man, lest you learn of his way. Get it somewhere somebody learned of that way, and you get a trap or a snare under your own soul and your own mind. See, and some people approach God like that. Well, he's just about to blow his blows. No, he's not about to blow it. He's patient. Many times, you know, one thing with social media, you know, being online and different outlets, many people approach others the way they do things. Meaning this, they'll type something back. You know, I've seen it before. And I've known the person who said, hey, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you don't have to get all upset. And you don't have to get, and and I know the person, they weren't getting upset. The problem is that's how that person responds. There was no capital letters or I'm yelling right now. It was personally interpreting it that way. And many times we interpret things in the light of how we see them. You with me? And that's a whole nother side thought when it becomes to governments. You with me? We can't use Christian values when it comes to certain other countries and go, well, we'll just forgive them. No, they, that's not how you do it. Thank you for your excitement because they don't live by that value. Understand the government should have certain moral qualities. 
that should be set in writing, but then the church should have its own. And we don't go by the same rules. Thank you. We forgive in ways that the government shouldn't. Thank you for your excitement. That's why we got all this junk going on, because we're trying to now live our lives. People don't know how Christians are supposed to do it. And so people are all mad. I, I, I don't care. They can go to hell. You know, they're a Democrat. They're a Republican. Serious. I mean, there's people like that. I'd invite them to church, but I'll tell you what. You know who they voted for? They could have smoked weed. They could have done drugs. They could have been mean. They need Jesus. They could have been nice. They need Jesus. Period. And so we need to recognize there is a rule here that's set just for believers. And if anybody is to not judge, it's us. But now understand this. When he's talking about judging... He's talking about being judgmental. And just being harsh on people. And harsh toward people. He's saying, do not do that. But we of all people should be good judges. And judge situations. You with me? I think some people throw this all in one bag and think it all goes together. And, and when he talks about judging, he's talking about being judgmental, being critical, having a harsh spirit, so to speak. But all of us have to judge. Right? We do. We have to judge between, in other words, somebody is never faithful to church and, but they feel like, you know, I got this call on my life and they're never faithful to anything. And we say, well, praise the Lord. We need somebody to fill this position. And this person's never faithful, never does anything. I mean, you know, they love the Lord and everything. Should we put that person in there? No, we should judge. They're not ready. Here's a good one. You got a kid. 14 years old, legally can babysit. You're going to have to judge, are they worthy to babysit? I mean, I got babysitting jobs when I was little. Looking back, I think, why did they do that? <laughs> no, serious. I mean, there was one time I remember waking up. I was at my own house because I slept as solid as a rock. And these two kids, we were friends, but they were a little younger than me. And their parents said, would you come and babysit? And I fell asleep on the couch. I never remembered the parents coming home. And I woke up the next morning. I was at home. And it was like, I was like, oh my, I can't ask them for the money. <laughs> so I never said anything for a week. And another week went by. And she's all, what about the money? I'm all, what? And I finally was like, well, I didn't ask. I, don't, I, didn't, I thought I just left. And she said, oh, no, I came and talked to you, and you just walked home. I don't even remember. <laughs> That's a good babysitter. <laughs> I remember this one time, this lady, 
said, we're only going to be gone a few hours. They didn't tell me their kid had been a little sick to their stomach. I'm not, I don't know all this stuff. So like Cheetos, I, there's Cheetos in their house. So I'm eating them. Can you have them? Can I have some? They asked, of course, orange Cheetos. And then he's all, could I have some yogurt? And it's boysenberry purple. And yeah, you know where this is going. And 10 minutes later, the kid's sick. I'm like, on the floor there. I walked out of his house, walked over to the neighbors. They had an older teenage daughter. I knocked on the door. I said, he just threw up. I'm babysitting. Will you go clean it up? I'm going home. <laughs> you can get paid. That's good. I'm not saying this is good, but how many of you guys would want me to babysit your kid then? Well, then quit judging me. You guys are just so judgmental. No, you understand there's a difference between being critical and judging. Your insurance company does it. Just speed, get bunches of tickets, and then tell them, quit judging me. Yeah, thank you. So when he says judge not, he means don't be critical. And, but we should judge. The Bible talks about righteous judgment. You with me? I mean, credit card companies. You want to get a home? They judge you. You can't judge me. Give me the home. No, we have laws passed to judge you. But it's not being critical. It's not being mean. It's very objective. Not subjective. Like, hmm, it's very objective. Turn to Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew 10. So if we're going to be successful, we need to sow. Plant is the same meaning. Planting is something we do uh, that maybe we don't realize what we're doing. You know, uh, planting is more um, not like, oh, I saw, you know, somebody out putting stuff in the ground like this, you know, with their hand, poking a hole and putting a seed in. Planting is not that always obvious, meaning being kind, serving, giving. And when I talk about giving, I mean every area. Notice this in Matthew 20, 28th verse. Just as the Son of Man, it starts off, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give, serve and give his life a ransom for many. Jesus is our example. We should not just come to be served. We should not just come to get we should come and live to give. Many people think success is in what you get. But success is what you can give to other people because you help others when you're patient, when you're kind, when you do things in church, when you do things for the kingdom. 
you help something else to succeed, but at the same time, you're actually planting for your own harvest. And eventually you'll start running in to what you've planted. Someday you'll run into it. And you may think, I wonder how this happened. But it's not that like, I wonder how it happened. Jesus noticed that he didn't even come. If there was anybody who had a right to not serve and to not give, but Jesus said this, unless, and he was talking about himself, a grain of wheat or a seed fall into the ground and die first, he said it will abide alone. But if it falls into the ground and dies, he said, then it will spring up and there will be a great harvest. And really what he was talking about was his own life serving. And if he would give to the time he died, and plant his life in the ground through death, he would rise up and his harvest would be whosoever would call upon his name. Whosoever would give their life to him. Their lives would change. And here is what's so interesting about that. He had to give in order to receive. He had to give the ultimate and now his harvest has been going on and on, and on, and on. That's pretty awesome. And we get to work within that harvest. Let's close with this in Matthew 7. You know, we've got this big Bible, right? It's a pretty big book. And uh, if you wonder, well, what's the book about? What's the book about? What about the parables? You know, Jesus said this one time, he said, if you can know this one parable, you can know all the parables. Because there's an underlying principle in the parable that will help you to know how all the parables are. And you know what that underlying principle is? Sowing and reaping. Giving of your life. Giving. Planting. Serving. Helping. Loving. All of it. He said, if you can know that, and how seeds work, you can understand all the parables. Now, here's something really that is pretty interesting. Jesus is about to describe the sum of the Old Testament. Matthew 7, verse 14. I'm sorry, 7, 12. Notices, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, in other words, what do you want to happen in your life? Do also to them. So does it mean do it after they do it to you? No. It means before people do it to you. And we said this before, just because I give kindness to this person does not mean I will reap kindness from them, but it does mean I will start at some point reaping mercy and different things from others. God will see to it because God is powerful and God makes his word good. But notice this. For this is the law and the prophets. What is the law? The law is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, 
Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and the prophets are all the other Old Testament books. They're called major and minor prophets. So some translations read this, this sums up the law and the prophets, or this sums up the Old Testament. What sums it up? What, what sums it up? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. First, you could say, this sums up the scriptures that they had. Eventually, I'm going to get a harvest of something. Wouldn't it be nice to know how the Bible works and what the Bible is about? And is, you know, I don't have long to talk about this, you know. Can you just get this to me? Yeah, right there. Right there. Right there. What do you want to see? Put it in the ground. You going to hit a hard time sometime in your life? Yeah, everybody will. Look for people who are having a hard time right now. Be merciful to them. Be kind to them. When people are struggling with sin, the best thing you can do is grab a stone and huck it at them. <laughs> right? No, no. Be merciful to them. Be kind to them. Why? Because someday you will. But what it will do is cause stuff in the spirit realm by God, but by you to come back and start attaching itself to your life. You with me? So this means I have control over my own success. Knew you guys would be excited about this. But it's good because that means I could just start being merciful and know that like the verse we started off with last time, some in the Psalms, he who goes forth bearing precious seeds, though weeping, mercy, kindness, love, giving, serving, all the seeds, not always cheerful, but he said, doubtless that person will come again with his harvest rejoicing. 